Welcome to International Insights, stories from the real economy. My name is Josh Kembry. We've all heard that an organization's most important resource is its people. Well, that is true. But attracting, retaining and developing talent is becoming the main challenge for organizations. Employers want great teams to lead their firms and roll out their international journeys. Employees expect authenticity from companies, as well as career progression and well-being. How do we align what the two are looking for? We have two guests today. Dr. Franco Valletta is Chief Culture Officer at the International Hotel Group Corinthia. Professor Vince Cassar is an organizational psychologist and an academic at the University of Malta. Both have worked with multiple organizations and studied the phenomena we are addressing today, how to find the best people and keep them motivated as the firms grow outside our shores. Dr. Franco Valletta, Professor Vincent Cassar, thanks for being with us this morning on International Insights. Thanks for inviting us. Thank you, Joe. Franco, um, your role at Corinthia is Chief Culture Officer. Tell me, why is this different from the traditional you know, human resource management role? So I would say the main difference for me has been that I'm not involved anymore in day-to-day HR operations. So uh, the need arose from the very, very reality that Corinthia is growing quite rapidly over the next two years. We're opening properties in uh, New York and Doha and Rome and Bucharest and Brussels. And uh, one of the major concerns has been how do we go about um, retaining the spirit that Corinthia has over the years, that, or that prevailed in Corinthia over the years, um, uh, that has kept us together as we grew from Malta and overseas. And uh, one major concern is that as we open more properties, then that very spirit may uh, disintegrate in, on, during that journey. So the role of Chief Culture Officer was created primarily to make sure that we safeguard, we promote the culture of the company, and, uh, and also to ensure that future colleagues, as well as present ones, um, will continue uh, living the purpose and the values that, has, that have uh, been characteristic of the company to date. And why, why is that important, you know, having a culture and having people committed to a culture in terms of performance and in terms of what we do in kind of normal talent management? I think first and foremost, the, the most, I, I think the more important thing is that a company has a clear purpose, uh, a purpose that is articulated and that is used to attract talent in the first place. Um, and then equally important is to have a clear set of values um, that would serve as the stars by which we navigate as Corinthians within the group. So as we sow seeds of growth in other destinations, um, uh, then this becomes ever more important to keep us together. Corinthia is present in 16 countries. You employ people from very different geographies, very different cultures. What would you think are the main kind of, you know, talent and people issues that you face across this kind of multinational organization in the end? I would say, first and foremost, it is attracting talent, attracting talent to the hospitality industry particularly, and especially so after the pandemic. Um, uh, it's not easy to attract, so that is why I said purpose and values play a key role, especially in attracting the younger generation, um, the present and the future of, of our business. 
Um, uh, secondly, it's retaining talent. So attracting talent is one thing, but retaining it is also another challenge. Uh, gone are those days where uh, the employee comes on board with a long-term tenure in mind. So retaining the younger generation on board uh, is a challenge for employers and therefore one needs to do that examination of conscience to make sure that we have the right means to attract and retain people. And I would say an appreciation and understanding of uh, um, what it is that motivates young people, um, uh, what it is that young people expect and prefer. And so in that respect, organizations will need to adapt, adjust to this reality and make the necessary changes to, uh, to be a, an employer of choice. Yes, we're going to get to um, kind of how to attract young people, especially in a moment. I wanted to int introduce Vince also to see whether, you know, in other sectors, not just in hospitality in this sense, you know, what are the main kind of people issues people face nowadays? Yes, in fact, I'd like to go back to the roots of the concept of talent. Um, I know it's not, it, it could sound like a textbook definition, but I think we need to go back to the roots to understand exactly what we're talking about. And I normally would say that talent can be divided into four. One is the knowledge, and I think um, investment in people's knowledge is critical, right, in, in the subject area and the field of the specific sector. The skills, in other words, how you actually apply that knowledge into the real world. But I think then there are two other elements which very often, um, and there's something even employers speak about, go a bit missing. The first one is attitude. Okay. And attitude is very, very important. Um, attitude is not, as Franco said, um, there are issues of values here. Mm -hmm. And values are not easily trainable yes. through a three-day program. You know? And the other one is opportunities. I think that's very, very important. I mean, there has to be kind of a, an alignment between the needs of the, the business and the needs of the employees. And obviously one feeds and one fulfills each other. This is, I think, important because nowadays the problem of retention mm -hmm. is always becoming a major issue, yeah. right? And I don't think people will be in your company for like the older generations for 20, 30, 40 years. No people move on. Mm -hmm. But if they move on, it's important they move on with kind of the positive vibes that they've left in the previous organization. I mean, I'll just say this. 30 years ago, you presented a CV and your employer saw that you moved jobs every two years. Yeah. It was you know, in Maltese, we say you don't trust, kind exactly. of, you, know, you, you don't stick. Exactly. Nowadays, it's the other way around. Yeah. If you present a CV where you've been with your previous employer for 30 years, they say you don't adapt. Okay. So obviously, I think there is, a, there is a new reality and we have to accept it. It's not something that we will get employees to stay with us forever, yeah. okay? Um, but I think, out of all those four, knowledge, skills, attitudes, and opportunities, attitudes and opportunities are something that we really need to talk about. Exactly. But at the same time, it's quite, it's quite a challenge and quite sad, no, that companies employ uh, and invest in people, and then there's this reality that people move, you know, and it seems to be an accepted fact. Like. Companies, as you know, I mean, um, receive, I mean, the workforce is not something that you create overnight. Yeah. These, I mean, we've all been talking about this, no? It's a generation yeah. that has been coming up given the education system and all other things. And obviously you're going to try to reap its benefits. Exactly. Very often, and I think most employers and probably Franco can say more about this, um, employers kind of often are good at 
they're not right finding the right people, not in terms of knowledge and skills, right. mm -hmm. but more in terms of attitude, mindset, okay. drive, okay. Um, which obviously is something that <clears throat> I think organizations really need to uh, focus kind of focus you know, on the, the the character development Absolutely. of your employees and, and in terms of character and young people like Franco mentioned before you know these young people today live in this world of you know be real you know they expect authenticity from companies and all this what's what kind of motivates you know young people today well I would say first and foremost <clears throat> companies need to be clear um, as to what they stand for okay okay so a proper uh, employer brand story is key. Okay. And that brand story not only says what the company stands for, but also what the company looks for, right. and also what talent out there can expect from the company. So mm -hmm. it's a two-way mm -hmm. um, uh, journey. I would say as well that the younger generation nowadays um, expect promises to be delivered. Right. So it's not just paying lip service, but they expect. And they expect, first and foremost, from companies to have some sensitivity to sustainability, to issues related to corporate social responsibility. Um, uh, when I speak to my colleagues who are recruiters on a daily basis, okay. one thing that young people ask is, what does the company do in order to contribute towards the surrounding communities, the lives of surrounding, what does the company give back mm -hmm. um, to surrounding communities. So for us, that has become very, very important. But then the younger generation um, are also after jobs that offer flexibility, okay. where work-life balance is given importance by the company. Um, the importance of having growth opportunities, perhaps advancing and advancing a bit too rapidly um, uh, whereas before there was a longer-term journey, uh, the younger generation tends to have to show preference for quick career advancement, yes, yes. Um, and that would mean that means that an organisation needs to have the right programmes in place and the right development parts in place, so that uh, a young person can see a future with the company. Um, there's also this. Uh, uh, I think what is also important is that they feel they are part of a community that's diverse and inclusive, okay. Okay. Um, uh, the way they see it. And gone are the days where they want, where employees want superiors as bosses. Okay. They want more coaches and more mentors. And people who, once they're brought up in the digital age, yet they want in-person interaction. Yeah. They value the relationship with their um, superior who takes an interest in life even outside work. Okay. It's not just, you know, focused on work, but it goes beyond that. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've seen and what we have, we have started to adjust to okay. uh, in order to make sure that we don't only attract, but, but keep, retain. Keep retain. Because uh, uh, it's no surprise that employees have left after, after three months, after six months, after a year. At times we celebrate that an employee has spent a year with a company, not just us, but even other companies. Um, and the longer they stay, uh, the more important it is to sow the seeds of leadership for the future, because otherwise the turnover rate will not permit. In fact, I wanted um, to speak about leadership a little bit. I, I do feel that there is a bit of a you know, leadership crisis in the sense that we don't find employees who are ready to you know, risk, to lead teams, to lead projects. What's, where, where is that coming from? What can companies do about it? Well, I don't, I'm not sure whether it is um, young 
people who don't want to assume leadership responsibilities in the future. Um, what I, my take on that is that, uh, well, let's take the hospitality industry. Okay. Traditionally, turnover rate has always been high. Mm -hmm. So, and you sow the seeds of leadership bottom up, preferably, so that you, you are creating the right DNA for the organization. You look at people who are not only Corinthian at heart, but also have the ability and can understand the way we do things within the company. Uh, whereas high turnover rate does not always permit it. So uh, it is important from an early stage that one identifies those people have potential for future leadership and invests in those people. Um, uh, as Vince said, Attitude is key and attitude contributes as well to one's loyalty towards the company. Exactly. Um, uh, and then it's a matter of investing in knowledge and skills to make sure that they are not only able to take leadership roles, but are also competent in their own field. And as they, as, and we have people within the company have been with us for years, so it's not just, uh, you know, the younger generation stay with you for three to six months. We've got people who've been with us for exactly. 10, 15 years, exactly. and we've got also people who have been with us for 40, 45 years. Um, and we celebrate long service awards to recognize that. Um, but we've had people, even from Malta, who, and I can think of four individuals who have assumed responsibility as general managers in our hotels, but started um, uh, more junior within the, in their journey with the company. And I'm not talking they're individuals who are 60 years of age, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, ranging from 40 to 45 years of and, age. And who are managing your properties? Who are managing properties overseas. Countries. I mean, okay. we've had uh, people who manage property, uh, for a long time managed a property in Lisbon, Portugal. The hotel, uh, The hotels, yes. So we have an individual who just relocated to Malta as an area GM overseeing four of our hotels. Okay who from age 27 started running a hotel in Malta and then um, two hotels in, in the Czech Republic, St. Petersburg, Budapest, and now he's here um, at age 41, 42. Right. So um, when you look at these uh, individuals who are probably older millennials, mm -hmm. you know, yet uh, they've been with us uh, for 15, 18 years. And uh, we've got individuals who are right now opening uh, a yacht club in Doha, okay. um, Maltese as well, um, who have been long with the company and uh, proven themselves to be true Corinthian at heart. You, ha you have some you know, leadership development programs within the company or is that something a bit informal? Um, no, we have. Um, and I would, let's say, pre-pandemic and now we need to kickstart once again. But we have had programs which we call the Corinthian Advanced Management Programs, um, where we would have chosen 12 individuals and invested in their development over a year or two year period. Um, and it's a blend of academic experience okay. um, overseas uh, primarily. Um, uh, also uh, attitude training through say London-based training companies uh, and then project work okay. um, where we would expect people to identify some strategic issue or a problem. Okay. Um, and also uh, we cross-expose our people right. because that's, the, that's one way of... To different roles you mean? To different roles and also overseas. So okay. we send them to other properties. Um, so that we prepare them to become international hoteliers. Otherwise, um, uh, it becomes too insular. Exactly. Just and, the, uh, and the business is international by definition, yes. so, it's, yes. so it's natural. Yes. What's, what's happening, Vince, with leadership? You know, is there a crisis, first yeah, of all? Fact, or? <clears throat> I mean, to, just to add on with what Franco is saying, I mean, there are some implications, right? One implication is that, um, or one <clears throat> takeaway from this is that organizations need to actively contribute towards the development of their employees, 
it's not something that happens miraculously, you know. And I say this because sometimes you do find organizations where they recruit the best and they expect the best <clears throat> to perform um, uh, optimally immediately. immediately. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. It's something that you really need to invest in. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and this can take various forms. For example, um, assessing your employees, seeing exactly what their individual needs are, how those needs can be yeah. fit within the larger uh, plans of the organization, trying to find ways of how you can... So it's, 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 it's systematic, it's active. It's really, really um, giving it a, little, a lot of thought, right? There's a lot of investment that goes into it. Exactly. Um, unfortunately, uh, some employers, I won't say all, but some employers often see people development as a cost. Exactly. Right? And not as a long-term investment. To be minimized as much you know? as possible. Of yes, yes. And with the, um, for with the younger people, and I, th- I, I don't think this should be a discussion about younger people, just younger people, because obviously there are older people as well who need mm-hmm. development, who need constant training. Um, Let's keep in mind that today's generation is based very much on, as you said, work-life balance, mm-hmm. um, um, very short uh, duration in terms of experiences okay. in the organization. And they're also very creative. I mean, mm-hmm. because we think that the younger generation are not entrepreneurial or creative. They are very creative, but it's a question of giving them space. Exactly. It's a question of giving and, them and the opportunities in place, where I they guess. can... I mean, I... I, I, I just a little experience. Once, when I actually went for a visit at 3M in Poland, okay. um, they've got this huge plant in a place called Wrocław. And at, in the basement, there's an area just as big as the plant itself. Okay. And employees are actually allowed every week, four hours, to go and play, literally play. Okay. They've got With, these labs. The working they've got these labs. they testing. they try things out, you know, and they actually document everything. And their idea is, listen, that is not wasted time. That is time where our employees are actually contributing towards organization. And if they find something that makes sense, we can even take it later yeah. on to market. Yeah. So this is not wasted time. Yeah. You know? and, and, and as Frank was saying, it should not be seen as wasted time. I mean, there's a lot of time. I mean, a lot of the time you coaching, training, yeah. academic uh, development. There's, not, there's no immediate return on investment, but it's a long-term thing. Exactly. So it's a question of, of, of mindset here. But mindset, which can be, like you said, nurtured, but at the same time, a degree of talent. But that's leadership. Yes. That is leadership. Leadership, you mean, that in, is leadership. In, in spotting these things. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's my next question. How do you, you know, in the normal course of, of running an organization, you know, spot that someone, an employee, has talent for potential leadership? My experience, my first experience actually was with, with, with Franco many years ago in Corinthia, okay. um, where we did the assessments for all middle managers. Okay. So the idea was to build profiles of every middle manager um, and to identify each person's strengths and areas of development and how it would fit within the, within the, the, the needs of the organization. And that's what I mean. You know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an active process, you know. Um, it's not just dealing with the, with the crisis. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, I was, I was privy to the coordination of the employment policy. And one of right. the things employers told us is that our employees lack soft skills. Yeah. True, maybe. But then my next question is, what are you doing to help develop that that need, you know? 
therefore, there, not, there must be some form of alliance mm -hmm. between um, academia, organizations, just as happens abroad. Exactly. I mean, I've seen this happening with IBM, for example, okay. in Poland, okay. you know, where IBM have an academy mm -hmm. linked with university, yeah. creating the next generation of data analysts. Absolutely. You no, know, and they have. It's a multinational community. It's not Polish. Yeah. You've got literally um, around 16 nationalities. Exactly. You know, so this is what I mean. You know, it has to be an active. It's a structured and structured and alliance. Long, long, long yeah, term and kind it's of long alignment. Term. It's alignment of objectives. Look, in education, development, whatever you want to call it, yeah. it's always a it's five always to fifteen year investment. Exactly. It's always it's not something you do today yeah. and you see it tomorrow. Absolutely. Okay? And I, I would add as well. First and foremost, it's, it's, it's important that whoever is heading a department or heading, in our case, a, a hotel, a property, um, is on, on the lookout for talent and okay. is trained how to look out for talent. That's, that's, that's key, no? And, and also, that's key, and also the attitude of that leader, mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, there's no sense of threat. Okay. that you try to identify people who can eventually perhaps take your position as well. Exactly. In fact, we emphasize that every head of department must have a clear number two. Okay. Um, uh, and that person needs to be invested in, trained and developed, so that when the day comes that the head of department moves to another role, exactly. then that person can step up. Mm -hmm. um, it's not always easy because these number twos are very much sought after yes. by the competition. Of course, of course. But then it, it's up to us to make sure that we create the right environment and the right, I would say, opportunities for the individual mm -hmm. um, to stay with us and grow with us. What therefore would be you know, your advice for a company seeking to internationalize in various sectors, of course, not just in, in hospitality in this sense, you know, what should they do to create a, a system or a culture you know, that kind of nurtures talent in the right way? Okay, obviously I have a, a tendency to fall into the hospitality yeah. world, yeah. obviously. Um, so from our experience, um, first and foremost, one needs to make sure that we identify those individuals within our operations who can be culture carriers, culture champions or ambassadors, call them whatever. Um, so these people, uh, when we open a new hotel, they are the ones we implant for a period of months, okay. Okay. Um, uh, perhaps weeks, occasionally months to not just instill the values of the company, but also they are technical experts in their own, okay. in their own uh, right. So they do a coaching role as well. So the they, they coach and mentor. Um, uh, so we make sure that if we want to deliver the standards of service that Corinthia stands for, then we need to make sure that we implant in our new operations um, individuals who, by their very DNA, carry the Corinthia flag. Exactly. Um, and uh, so that's one item. I think another item is to have a, a very strong onboarding process. Okay. So uh, even when you are branching out, um, then in order to make sure that the, the, the culture of the company prevails. There needs to be a cultural component in the orientation program okay. that should be world class in its own right um, in order to make sure that from day one individuals understand why we exist as a company and how we do things as a right. company. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say those two items are key. And then, yes, give opportunity to um, uh, employees to expose themselves in recognition of what they have been doing. So when we choose people for task forces, it could be for a week, for two okay. weeks, could be for a month. Short-term assignment. A yeah. short-term assignment. It's one, one way of recognizing what they've been doing for and how much the company values them, but it's also exposing them not just to um, somebody else, 
via shadowing, but also living in another country for a short span of time, understanding, appreciating cultural diversity, and so on and so forth. So, uh, and when, st when branching out of, say, Malta to set up shop elsewhere, it's an appreciation of the national culture of where the, the, the host okay. of the host country. Because exactly. very often we make mistakes because we take things for granted okay. based on what we know. That's interesting. Um, we assume, uh, of course. We assume, we assume. We take, for, we take it for granted that everybody thinks the same as we do. Exactly. Um, so investing in, say, a culture awareness program, not the culture immersion program that we are currently working on, for example, because of these various openings by way of the organization culture, but national culture itself and the idiosyncrasies of a particular culture vis-a-vis -vis, um, what our culture stands for. Absolutely. Vince, what yeah, should I mean, companies do? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, this reminds me of a colleague of mine who used to say, we shouldn't be speaking about human resources, but the resourcefulness of people. Of people, yeah. And uh, obviously making the best use of it. And uh, there are various ways one can do. I mean, even from, let's speak from an academic perspective. I mean, we've seen, as you know, Joe, I mean, changes with students going on Erasmus, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Although those might seem as academic, you know, events where they go for uh, three months or sometimes even nine months. They do come back changed. You know, and they do come back more energized. They become more mature, exactly. you know, more responsible. And I think it's very, very important for our young generation um, to have these experiences yeah. because um, it does give, it does broaden their mental repertoire. Exactly. You know? exactly. Um, and it does make them want to be more active participants, right? Mm -hmm. So when organizations um, take them up and they... Think a bit about it. I mean, you employ someone <clears throat> um, not just to give him a job, mm -hmm. but to help you in the business yeah, in attaining and the development of that business. Mm -hmm. exactly. And they do it in various ways. So they need to be, let's say, active participants. Exactly. No? Not just receiving a salary and mm -hmm. getting a job. Mm -hmm. um, and we can do this because we nurture um, uh, instances where these, 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 these people can actually absorb exactly and um, different cultures exactly. different 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 and therefore exposure is very important yes, yes. At, i mean we had we had a project um of five different groups from five different countries right and they went from all from country to country exactly. from belgium to kosovo to yeah. czech republic uh, poland and you see when you're actually meeting these young people you know and you're staying with them for a whole week every every visit you see the, the, the narrative, how it changes, you know, how they learn how to share, how they become surprised at, at even cultural differences, oh, okay. you know, and they try to reconcile okay. these differences. So it's, it's, it's something that is kind of um, uh, long term. You learn by actually act, doing it. Yeah, exactly. And you have to do it. You have Absolutely. to do it. Listen, to. I have one final question because we're running out of time. What do you, you know, both feel, you know, are the kind of main issues in talent management coming up in the future, especially for companies who are involved in an in international kind of, um, you know, business? Um, I would say attracting talent is still going to be okay. an issue for a number of years. Um, uh, it's... Things are getting better and better, but uh, I think attracting talent and making sure, I think companies truly need to undertake an examination of conscience okay. as to why, as what, it's what, what I started earlier on, what, why do we exist exactly. and how do we do things around here? Mm -hmm. 
because if we want to, I, th I think the big, the biggest today with social media, we reach audiences out there in no time. Exactly. So the message needs to be clear. Mm -hmm. An individual, actually, the the website of a company is the first filter of your um, for your for your future employees, because individuals will ask, okay, th does the purpose of this company resonate with my yeah. purpose? Is it life? aligned with what I? Is have? it aligned, as Vince said earlier, with my value system? Mm -hmm. um, uh, what the company promises? Mm -hmm. um, is it actually delivered? People do probably check um, uh, with other people, perhaps through some form of uh, platform. Uh, you know what the experience is like say, in Corinthia, mm -hmm. and they come in with that expectation. So companies need to make sure that what they promise, yes. they deliver. This whole idea of, of authenticity, you know, of authenticity. becoming really it's important. Being, being genuine, being authentic, mm -hmm. um, that is key. And I would say clear with what your overarching values are. Okay. Um, for us, uh, somebody who respects that duty of care, we're in the hospitality industry, okay. so caring is a key value. Okay. Vince mentioned, you know, this entrepreneurial mindset. Yes, allowing people to be creative and entrepreneurial in a protected space, you know, yes. where they can risk. In, in a safe it, it, it has to be a safe environment. And for Corinthia, I mean, this is something that we really look for, is that commitment to positivity. Um, that solutions to problems are for, found within problems, yeah. Yeah. but be creative, think positive um, in order. And that's what we look for in future leaders. Exactly. Um, uh, and at times it's easy to distinguish between the one who is positive and the one who is yeah. less positive. By, by just you know, conversation. And, uh, so that's uh, really important. Vince, the future issues in, in talent. Uh, the future issues. Um, I think the future issues lie in us understanding the, the changes in the current generation. Um, uh, we cannot easily kind of assume that what was good for the previous generation is okay. good for the current generation. And we see this even at university. Exactly. I mean, uh, how students learn, how students communicate. There's a lot of social media technology. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to accept the fact that we can't simply then assume they will change, yeah. right? Yeah. We have to work around them. Know? And change a bit and, ourselves. And yes, and 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 make them um, um, valuable to the organization, right? But as I said, this has to be planned, and planning takes time, and planning takes also a lot of thinking. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I think this is my final message: organizations need to think mm -hmm. about this, exactly. about this. Issue. Reflect really, and, and have time and for it. Yes, time, 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 and time is money. It's true, but obviously you need but to plan. But it's an investment. And, and I, and I would an add, I would add, Vince, think and plan, and adapt, adjust. Yes. Um, um, it's not companies can't take it for granted. Okay, uh, okay there's a, a workforce out there yeah. waiting to join yeah, us. Exactly. We have to appreciate, understand what their motivations are, what their expectations are, what their preferences are. And we work around that in order to adapt, adjust. Absolutely. So that then we can welcome them It becomes board. natural. Gentlemen, Franco, Valletta, Vince Kassar, it's been really, really great having you here with us today. Thank you. Thank Likewise. you. Thank you for sharing with us your experience of the talent issues organizations face today. If you found this podcast useful, we have others on innovation, key milestones, crisis, and what we can learn from sport. You can find them on Spotify, on International Insights. 
This podcast series is produced for Trade Malta and is meant to provide insight to leaders involved in international business. The podcasts are made possible through HSBC and their international business financing solutions. We get technical help from Studio 7. Thanks for listening. 